Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we bond over the drama and trauma in the Bachelor multiverse and throughout Western pop culture. Hello. Hi. How's things today? Um, I feel like I'm having some post-vacay depression moments, but overall things are fine. Yeah. So we went to Joshua Tree last week. Yeah. And it was pretty much... The most amazing place like it's desert and it's harsh but also it's so beautiful and kind of nice to like be away from the city and sort of city life things yes it was really um i would say therapeutic and recharging yeah i don't know about recharging for me because you guys stay up so late and i <laughs> absolutely true. hung but then my dogs won't let me sleep past like 6 a.m <laughs> so they didn't care that i went to bed late they were just like you get up now or else Um, but it was really recharging, like, I guess in a way for my soul, like I didn't know how much I needed to really step back and get away from, from things. So emotionally recharging, not physically recharging. Physically I'm dead. Like, why (laughs) am I struggling so much this week? And it's like, oh, right. Because I went from 10 hours of sleep to like four. So. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry for your lack of sleep. Yeah. Thank you. But I loved every second of it. I would change nothing. Also, we just have to, I have to say Every night we had this great owl, great horned owl land in the tree in our yard of the Airbnb. Oh my goodness. And watching him hoot where he like thrust his little body forward and all of his little feathers fluff. So cute. It, it was, was also just really magical. It was to really have. special. Yeah. I've never seen an I've never seen an owl like that. And I've never seen maybe an owl that big either. I mean, he was massive and just yeah, what a cool experience to share with you. Yeah, he was our spiritual guide. Absolutely. And in Joshua Tree, we found a very special candy that we want to share with you. Uh, So if you were a child in the 90s, you definitely probably remember now and laters that were so hard to chew that they usually felt like they might pull your teeth out of your gums. For me, I would literally, my mom for some reason would have like sealants put on my teeth because I've always had like kind of bad teeth. And I just cannot tell you how many times I ripped my sealants off of my teeth eating nose. My mom's like, please stop. And I'm like, I can't. Well, in hindsight, like, were you supposed to suck them? Were you supposed to chew them? I think the idea was you did suck on them and then they got chewier. So it's like now and later. Oh, I, as an adult, that makes sense. But as a child, I was like, I just want to eat the candy. Oh, yeah. And chewy candy is amazing. So like, I just instantly started chewing on them, hence losing parts of my teeth. (laughs) Anyways. We found a new and improved version called Now and Later Sour Shell Shocked. Um, they were so good. And we're probably going to have to order them online because we've yet to be able to find them anywhere. But it's like a chewier version of Now and Later in a candy shell. And they are actually chewy and they don't rip your teeth off. Yeah, it's almost m- more like a Starburst texture. And the flavors are watermelon, cherry, and green apple. And I'm just going to give this bag of candy a 10 out of 10. It exceeded my expectations. It also gave me that nostalgic pleasure. A huge fan. I'm with you. I was really shocked by how much I enjoyed them. And like texturally, the perfect chew. And also the flavors were really, really good. 
And despite saying sour, I personally don't think they were very sour. They weren't sour. Yeah, that was a little bit of a... I mean, I still really enjoyed them, but they weren't very sour. (laughs) No, that changes nothing about the 10 out of 10. Um, Yeah, I thought that was a a stellar find. Yeah, we're going to have to order them online. They were at a weird discount grocery store that had a lot of other candy I'd never seen before. So I just, I don't know if that's where like the reject candy goes. Yeah, they're just like, this didn't. This didn't sit well with everybody else at Vons or Stater Bros. So here's this. But I, I would be surprised by that because it was, it was a legit candy. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, we will be ordering a box of it. So, well, here we are. We're going to talk about episodes four through six. I kind of thought maybe we could get started with a conversation on boundaries. Okay, I'd love that. Because I think our girl Irina and Chelsea really laid it down with boundaries. <laughs> Yeah. And I personally kind of really love seeing that. Me too. Even if I don't agree with Irina and a lot of things, like by and large, I do think you should never be pressured into doing something you don't want to do. Yeah. And I think it's hard because you can see how much it's hurting Zach in the process. And so in a way, she does kind of look like the bad guy. But also as a woman who has experienced the ick, Um, or even dated someone that she really emotionally liked but didn't physically like, uh, that's just real, you know? Like, you can have a connection with someone and it doesn't involve a physical connection. Yeah, and I'm in a, I I felt a little more comfortable looking at things, and if I can share this, Irina did say, and, you know, with no spoilers, though, that she felt pressured to stay by production. Oh, really? Yeah, and so... I think that lens is important to view this with, especially because I think she's a little bit of a um, a questionable character. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she's absolved of a lot of it. But at the same time, I think it's something to remember also about reality TV. Like, they really were like, you need to go to Mexico. Just see what happens. Maybe that connection will grow. You need to stick it out. And so for her to really put those hard boundaries up, I I respect it. And it is too bad that she didn't have tools to communicate to Zach without causing harm yeah, and making it feel like it was more him than it was her. But I also am just like, never forget it is okay to have those boundaries around your body and what you are comfortable with. Yeah. I think, so that is interesting that maybe she would have left if she hadn't been pressured by production. Um, and you have to remember that I'm sure she was hoping that when the doors opened up, her connection would be with maybe what she felt with Paul, right? Yeah. Like, I do believe that she legitimately had that connection with Zach and was hoping... The physical would yeah. follow. Yeah. And so, you know, that's also hard on that part when you want it so bad and then you naturally don't feel it. Uh, that's, to me, this is like the worst part of the show. Like, I this agree. is like cringier than anything we see on Bachelor. <laughs> For sure. I also think, I mean, we're talking about this whole episode, so this might be as good a time as any to talk about Micah and Irina. But oh, yeah. I do think it was like, Micah does not have a fucking leg to stand on, Agreed. first off. And when she met up with Micah, uh, when Irina and Micah met up at the bar to discuss like Irina kind of coming onto Paul, mm-hmm. Irina was like, yeah, but the whole point was love is blind. And here you are trying to form a connection with Paul based on appearances. And it's like, girl, sit down, shut up. I don't want to hear from you. Like, yeah, she's been like 
playing the game with Kwame. Yeah, like, oh, you're mad that somebody was flirting with your guy? Mm, what were you doing? So stupid. That made and me so disrespectful to Chelsea. Yeah. And Paul. <laughs> and Paul. Although, I mean, we'll get to it, but Paul was totally biting at Irina's fingers oh, yeah. at the bar and being flirty. Totally. So like, but yeah. That's oh. why our original idea is so good of like, you leave the pods with the person that you pick, but nobody's engaged and you can all maybe still date each other. Yeah. Way better te- television. <laughs> yeah. Adding that paradise element into it. I love that. Um, so yeah, I, I still, good on Irina for having some boundaries. I also feel like Chelsea set some hard boundaries this episode with Kwame. Yeah. And I also respect that. Like, I love seeing women with agency and just like not taking shit because one of the downsides of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is that so often the men have all the power. Yeah. And this show, for all of its problems too, at least women have agency. Well, I also think that unfortunately Kwame kind of forced her to create those boundaries with his actions. Absolutely. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking, but wow. So cringy that he had multiple, you Intimate. know, how long conversations <laughs> with Micah, basically in view of Chelsea. I know the the level of disrespect and we can cover that. Like, we'll definitely delve into that more. But like, yeah, that is also a bummer that Chelsea felt like she even had to do that. Yeah. I hate that. And at the same time, yes, girl, do it. Do not let him walk all over you. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else on on boundaries for that one? No, I think that was great. Cool. So we're going to start with Zach and Irina because they're the first to implode through all of this. Oof. Um. Yeah, like <laughs> I, my skin started crawling just thinking about that. I know. Ugh. So the, we start with them meeting each other and then going to Mexico. And... You know, it's really uncomfortable. You can tell she's not vibing. You can tell he's trying to figure out how to navigate it. It's really awkward. Um, And I think you can tell, I think the hardest part is you can tell that it's really affecting Zach's confidence. Yeah. Well, I also just want to point out, Zach clearly needs to go to therapy to like reassess why he either feels like he doesn't deserve love that he deserves or why he feels like, you know, he needs to take on women who he views as somebody that he can fix. Yeah. Well, I think that that kind of probably stems from his relationship with his mom. Oh, absolutely it does. And like, I think that's something to really keep in mind is like that part of it made sense. Um, I was listening to another podcast, um, which I know I don't normally do, but I was just, I needed, my anxiety was high and I needed something to like focus on. And they made the point that That part is definitely on Zach, but one of the things that he said in the pods that I kind of didn't catch is, you know, he wanted somebody who was just going to go along with him, ride or die, and Bliss showed that she has a brain and would not just go along with things, and Zach wanted somebody who was just seemingly going to be with him kind of for whatever, and that that is ultimately why he probably ended up choosing Irina on top of the stuff with his mom, and it's like... Some of it's about your mom, but also some of it's like, mm, you just want somebody who maybe is just not going to question you on things. And, you know, it turns out Irina wasn't really that person. I don't know if that was my read at all. Like, I felt like Irina challenged Zach a lot more than Bliss did. Interesting. 
I, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of just like see it all. Like I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, I'm no, just no. saying like I didn't really see as Irina necessarily being the easier choice. Right. Just more coming from the place of like insecurity and like not yeah. feeling like he maybe deserved. I think Irina that- was more in line with the love that he um, experience, has experienced. Right. And is more comfortable. And I mean, he shouldn't be more comfortable in that, but that's just like more his comfort zone and coming from what he knows. Right. And I think Bliss is probably a healthier version of all of that, but he doesn't even know what that looks like. Oh, for sure. And it's true. What the love you receive in your childhood is oftentimes the love that you look for as an adult until, and maybe that is good love and maybe that is healthy love and like not with strings attached or, you know, and like Zach's mom isn't to blame for this. Like she was doing the best she could. And like to be stripping in the 90s, Jesus fucking Christ, if you think about that, that would have been a rough time to be doing that kind of work. Like, she had to be one tough woman to to do what she did. Totally. Um. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting take and something that I kind of missed the first pass. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if I buy it or not, but I think it was worth thinking about. Um, There's a couple of really cringy moments where Zach is looking at Irina in bed and giving her like kissy faces. Oh my God. Zach is cringe kind of embodied. Like, yeah, there's a, a lot there. Also, like when he tried to do pull ups that morning and like jumped up there and just like totally slid off as Irina was recording him and her face. I was just like, girl, I do kind of understand that he's not your cup of tea, but like, I, yeah. So unfortunately, there isn't a natural physical chemistry, but no. he's not really doing anything to help that situation. No, it doesn't seem like he is. I also laughed when Irina was like, you can sleep outside. It's nice. She was not <laughs> kidding. <laughs> no, in fact, like, uh, hard baths. I'm not going to get eaten by mosquitoes. Did you notice there was like a wall of pillows built in the bed between them? Oh, yeah. I know. Well, what's also interesting, though, is then, you know, when they go, they have all these awkward moments, but then when they meet up with everybody... That's when she confesses to Micah that she definitely has the ick. And I think we see that when Paul sits down and like wraps his arm around, uh, arm around her and she's like, I need lime juice and gets right up. But then like, I guess later. Sorry, um, Zach. Zach. Sorry. Who was I saying? Paul. Oh, my bad. My brain. Very good. Um, Zach puts his arm around Irina and Irina's just like, whoop, nope, lime juice. But also he admits at one point that like, Irina was affectionate with him. Yeah. In private. And then suddenly, like, they had already kissed. And then she's like, ew, no, in front of people. Which I think makes sense, knowing what we know, that she's clearly also got an attraction to Paul. Mm -hmm. Like, she's just, on so many levels, not here for Zach anymore. Yeah. And I want to share that I was in a relationship with someone who I had a very deep emotional connection with. And... All of my friends liked him. My parents liked him. And I definitely didn't have the ick as much as Irina um, has with Zach. But there was an element of that for me where I just knew that I wasn't really looking forward to kissing him or cuddling with him or being intimate with him. And that was a really hard thing for me to navigate because part of me really wanted to get there. And I stayed in it longer than I probably should have. I just never got there. Yeah. And that's ultimately why I ended it um, because I wanted to preserve that friendship. But I just want to say that you can try and maybe you can grow to have a physical connection with someone if you don't initially have it. But I just, 
I'm I'm not um, excusing Irina's behavior because I think she handled it in maybe a less desirable way a oh, lot of the sure. time. But I do relate to her in the fact that like it is hard to physically get there if that is not already naturally present. Yeah, I'm actually not entirely convinced that you can. Like I really think we we talked about it last time. Like smell the way somebody like body language. There's like it's more than just physical appearance too. It's just how you two are able to orbit one another. And if somebody's not feeling it, like I don't know, and that can be a really hard thing. Were you able to preserve a friendship with with that guy, or was yeah, that- we were. Um, and I do, I you know, we are animals, and I think that that part of our connection with people does come from a more animal place than. Right, because on paper, everybody can be perfect. Somebody can be perfect, but then ultimately, it's it there, just, it doesn't. It's not. Yeah, that's not something that you can entirely control. And if we could, that would be great. Because, yeah, I have dated guys that were amazing on paper, wonderful, in fact. But then it's just like, I can't get with this, though. Like, this is just not working for me. And you do have to honor that. Yeah. And so, like, on that sense, I think Irina isn't wrong. I do think she's really showing her age and no offense to anybody in their 20s, but like you learn as you get older, you can be more direct and have uncomfortable conversations and it will be okay. And yeah, in fact, she, you should have those hard conversations. Don't dance around them. Yeah, it's like she's do, she thinks she's preserving Zach's feelings, but if anything, she's doing the opposite. Oh my God, like when he's trying to talk to her and she puts a pillow over her face. Oh my gosh. I just wanted to punch that pillow and be like, what are you doing? Take it off your face, take your sunglasses off, sit up and look that man in the eyes and have this conversation. If I was Zach, I would have just walked away. He, to his credit was so patient with her throughout all of this. Like, especially her showing up to that pool party in that swimsuit with her boobs hanging out the bottom. And like, really just like... I was wondering, how did that stay on her body? Was there tape? Um, No, there's like wire, like that kind of like holds stuff or like puts pressure. But you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it didn't really have any of that. Under. Yeah, my boobs. I guess maybe that's also part of being 25 is like your boobs just like naturally stay up with a little bit of support. Mine would be out. My nipples would just be hanging out the bottom of that thing. Well, I don't have big enough boobs to know, but I was just the whole thing seemed to defy gravity. I was just like <laughs> wondering. I was like, how is this scientifically possible, possible for that to stay on her body? Yeah. And also if it's a swimsuit tape, it's not going to work. She did change swimsuits though. She got into that really cute lime green oh, okay. piece. So maybe it wasn't a swimsuit and it was a top? I don't know. I don't know. I was Swimsuits was these incredible. days can be kind of weird. I feel like not always the most practical for getting in the pool, but then... Sometimes you just put a swimsuit on and not get in the pool. So that's fair. There are fashion swimsuits and there are functional swimsuits. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, but then she finally tells him, you know. This isn't working. Like, this isn't working. And then he, it's almost like the floods ga- floodgates open and Zach is like, this has been terrible. You're the worst. <laughs> it's like, wow. I also, and we'll talk about them next, but I love that he's like, so you're into Paul, huh? Oh, yeah. And very she's like, obvious. what? And he's like, I have eyes. I saw you. And she just was like, oh, yeah. And then they both just kind of sat there ribbing on each other, which I think that's the moment where you do see that they've got a closeness and they do have affection for one another. Yeah. Because like when they are honest with each other, neither one of them was getting upset about it. You know, like they were both just sort of like taking it in stride. And yes, it almost was like more comfortable. familiarity. Yeah, that was like the most comfortable we'd seen them as them being able to shit talk each other. (laughs) 
And I respect that too. Like that is a good friendship to just be able to be like, well, we're doing it and roll with that. So you do see that they have that connection, but the physical part of it was just, I think that was pretty obvious from the get-go when she was like, you look like a cartoon character. Yeah. You're being creepy. And it's like, oh, girl. And then she asks him if he regrets not picking Bliss. And that kind of leads into Zach meeting Bliss after all of this. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Yeah, really quick, Just like jump to the end. That also made me so nervous for Zach sitting there and Bliss walked in and she just was like not giving him anything. What she shouldn't. No, good for her. I, I actually worry about if they pursue this, how she's going to feel. Because we've talked about this so many times, being second is not a good feeling. And if she does not get closure or can fully accept that like he made a mistake, it wasn't because it didn't work out with Irina, it was just a mistake from the get-go, I think that is going to be something, that's going to be a big hurdle for them. I totally agree. I do think, though, because of how much she disliked Irina as a person, I think she's going to be able to do the mental gymnastics of being like, yeah, Irina sucks. You made the wrong choice. I'm obviously better than Irina. I think it would be harder if it was like, Irina was a good friend of Bliss's or was someone that Bliss really loved and respected. Kind of like the Katie Gabby yes. situation. I think in the that would season. make it much messier. Whereas like, because she couldn't really relate to Irina or relate to Zach's choice of Irina, I think it's easier for to her, at least in my brain, for Bliss to accept that Zach was wrong. I can see that because she, she can see that Zach might have been played. Like that Irina was really putting on a, a front for Zach. And yeah, I, that I hope you're right because I think Bliss really does read to me as like a genuine caring person. And she is also so into him. You can tell. Like she wants to flirt with him and she wants to like be that. But then there's also that part of her that's like, mm, mm. But that's right. Fuck you too because this yeah. has sucked for me. So I'm hopeful. I'm nervous. I hope Zach can find the words to be to communicate to her how sorry he is. And I hope that that's not something for them. And I'm excited. Like, to, I we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see. She kind of felt like the conversation, she just like got up and did. Like, Dude, she has the power. And she, she does. is holding on to it. Well, she's always had the power. I thought it was so cool in the pods where she's like, if you choose Irina, I'm judging you for this. Like, I this isn't The Bachelor. Like, you know, if if you do this, like this is going to be a reflection of you to me and how you handle things. And I kind of love that. Like, I also want to go back. I don't think Irina was playing Zach. I do think that Irina was a different Irina to Zach than she was to the women. Um, but I think that's how we navigate a lot of our personal relationships. That's fair. I don't mean playing Zach. I guess more just like she's able to show only one part of herself yes. to Zach and was really not honest about a lot of other things. Yes. But then Zach also really read between the lines yes. and imposed a lot of things on her that she neither confirmed nor denied. Like, well, and if you think about it, when you first start dating someone and you eventually meet their friends, you see a different side of them when they interact with people in a different setting. Oh, yeah. And so it is interesting that these people are committing to each other never being exposed to how these people socialize with other people. Yeah, I think also one of the things that came through to me in these episodes is you are the company you keep. And the fact that Irina and Micah are just like BFFs 
to me is like red flag, red flag, red flag for these people. But yeah, <laughs> not getting to see that is removing a layer of like information that you would need to make a decision. Yeah, I don't get, I mean, I get the Micah Irina thing, but I also. Ugh, they were still being mean girls throughout this whole thing. Yeah. We really hated it. Um, yeah. So I think it's good that they decided to call it. Yeah, for sure. Irina and Zach. And I'm really hopeful and like, I don't know, tentatively excited for Bliss and Zach because I do feel like. They could complement each other really well. I think so too. Bliss has this love about her that feels like she can really show Zach what it's like to be loved and cared for in a way that is healthy. Mm -hmm. And he respects her mind and her intelligence. Like, I love that. And then she walks in and of course, Bliss is absolutely just like breathtaking. Yeah, her eyes are incredible. Um, anything else about Zach and Irina? No, but I do want to talk about Irina and Paul. Whoa. I mean, I do think when there was that conversation between them in Mexico, I do think that there was some chemistry even on Paul's side. Oh, uh, well. I did, felt like he was engaging with her in a way that he we haven't really seen him engage with Micah. I agree. Also, I didn't catch this. I rewatched some of it last night just to like, spur my brain and so I watched the opening scene and without any words there's a point where Irina's like reaching over and kind of like touching Paul's face and he goes oh my both god both time to her fingers that. and I was like oh, that no, is some hardcore alerting back. oh absolutely and then it also made me laugh listening back to their conversation where he's like did, what did you think I would look like and she's like oh you're like definitely my type and he's like yeah I know but was I what you expected I was like these two assholes are just like feeling themselves so hard right now like they're really leaning like, into maybe this maybe they wouldn't date but they would definitely fuck absolutely I was just kind of like this is cringe all around on both their parts <laughs> like, and then the part where she like shoves his foot into her boobs in the pool yeah Paul's not a foot man what are we doing like come on and I, I don't know. Yeah, that just really, Irina, come on. Like, this is not a good look for you. And Especially Paul, when Paul ended up with your supposed best friend. Yeah. Like, oh. I mean, and. Speaking of the ick. Yeah, I know. Also, Micah, when she met with Irina at the bar and she was like, yeah. And when I found all this out at the airport, I like wanted to punch Paul in the back of the head. It's just like, yeah. I mean. I would be a little annoyed if my partner wasn't like, whoa, you might have missed it, but Irina was flirting with me at the pool. You know, like, I feel like the fact that he also didn't bring that up is a little bit of a ding on his yeah, part. Yeah, because he was into it too, which he is why he didn't say was, anything. Well, because he was talking about the borscht and like they were just on so many levels, they were they were absolutely flirting with each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that that's the way that it was relayed to Micah made it completely on Irina, which I don't think is entirely fair. I don't think so either. I mean, Irina is an interesting well, Micah character. Micah will watch it back and she'll see. Yeah. I Micah's not going to miss the biting. No. Like, come on. But then Micah is over there, you know, flirting it up with Kwame. Yeah. Is that a good time to transition yeah. into... I'm, well, actually, should we talk about Paul and Micah really quick? Oh, yeah. I get, Yeah. Not forget them. <laughs> I guess they are a couple. Well, I will admit I don't understand how they are a couple. I don't either. I waffle between really liking Paul and then being like, but also Paul's with Micah. So what are we doing? 
So I think it's really interesting that Paul admitted that his type is usually more like natural or granola, which totally makes sense with his explanation of that made me laugh. Like just walking through like jeans with paint, clothes matching the activity. Yeah. And then there's Micah and Micah's like obviously the complete opposite of that. And then you meet Paul's diva mom and you realize that Micah is literally Paul's mom. But Micah also recognizes this. She's like, way to go, Paul. You're marrying your mom. And I don't know because we don't see enough about Paul and his mom's relationship. But I wonder if that was like, an obvious realization of Paul and he is still trying to figure out if he's okay with it or not. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see that going either way, right? Because that can be comforting. Oh, totally. But also like for the record, guys, we are not your fucking mothers. So like if that's something that you see in us, like that also isn't great for the women you're dating per se. So yeah, maybe Paul was kind of like, whoa. Yeah, I don't know. I like Paul, but I feel like I don't know if Paul knows what Paul wants. I feel like he seems really um, not very direct or grounded. I think sometimes, and I mean, I don't mean to make sweeping generalizations, but when you get really intelligent people like that, you know, him being an environmental scientist, like, I don't know if what his degrees are in or like how far through education, like if he's got a PhD, but a lot of those people spend so much time in school and focused on the task at hand and that can really be a big part of their identity as academics that I think sometimes figuring out your emotions or like what you want out of life and, you know, who would make a good partner for you are things that fall by the wayside a little bit. And so I think Paul could also be lacking some maturity just because I don't know what the time frame on like his dating life really looks That's like fair. and like how serious things have been. So I do think that you're probably – I would guess that you're right. Like, I think there's a level of which, like, Paul just isn't sure, which means he's open to things. I but think, I think that he is kind of like, he does feel like he's not got a solid idea. I think Paul was a lot more confident and assertive in the pods. And so I think that, that kind of lines up with what you're saying. Um, because the pods wasn't real life. Right. It was kind of like an experiment. Yes. And then in real life, I feel like we've lost kind of his... The thing, yeah, the thing I liked about Paul was that he would like joke about like, well, we'll do that at our wedding or we'll go there on our honeymoon. And he was very much able to just kind of put it all on the table. And now that we're in person, I feel like he's much more reserved and unsure. And we're seeing a completely different side of Paul. So I would agree with that. It does feel like he's a lot less confident in this moment and that he's sort of, I can't tell there are moments where it does look like Paul and Micah are really into each other. And then it's kind of like you do see these little cracks of like, hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure that this is panning out. I think it's weird how – I shouldn't say weird. That's mean. It makes me a little uncomfortable how much validation Micah requires at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe weird isn't the right word. Maybe it's like it makes me – think that she just has some work to do on herself before she'll be able to be in a successful relationship? I think a lot of these, I think Irina, I think Micah, I think Zach, I think these people definitely need to go to therapy. And that's not a slight because I have also required a lot of therapy and have yeah. not been a good partner Same. because I've not done work on myself. Whereas it does seem like, yeah, some of these people definitely do need therapy and should be running to therapy more so than trying to pursue relationships because it's not on like 
it's great to get validation from your partner, but it is also not your partner's responsibility to perpetually be giving you validation so that you feel good. That right. should come you need intrinsically to feel good you. on your own. Yes. And validation in a relationship is important because we have talked about that on the podcast. But you your whole self-esteem cannot be wrapped up in your um in your partner. Yeah. Like your partner can't carry that for you. You have to have that on your own. Uh so I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see how all of that moves forward. I have no idea what's going to happen to be honest. I don't either. Like to me, they really just, it could go either way. They do seem to have moments where they're just like really, really into this. And like people can make that work. And, yeah. And then you've got moments where it's like, oh, yeah. Micah's also so hard to read though. I feel like she's always still playing a game. Yeah. Is this, do we want to talk about Chelsea and Kwame first or do we want to transition maybe into, or do we have anything left on Paul and Micah? I think let's transition to Kwame and Micah. I think that's a good transition. Yeah. Because, wow, does Micah make Kwame really mad at one point? Well, they're doing it to... Okay, first of all, I, let's back up just a little bit. And because before this happens, um, Kwame very obviously slides Chelsea. Chelsea asks him to get her some chips and guac. So he gets up and he's going. And this is after Kwame and Micah have already had one initial conversation. Yeah, this is this is round two. Yes. So... He's passing Micah and Irina. And I think Irina's like, Kwame, get us tequila shots or something. After hearing Chelsea say, hey, when yes. you're done with that conversation, like, can you get me some chips and guac? He was like in the process of going to get chips and guac. And then he gets, he hears Irina say, Kwame, get us tequila shots. And then he immediately abandons chips and guac and is getting tequila shots for Irina, Micah, and... Brett. Oh, Brett. Brett was standing there. Hey, Brett. And then they're all about to do like a cheers and Micah says the most dumbass thing and is like to a failed proposal or something like that. And Brett like nervous laughs. He's just like, oh shit. And I think that Kwame kind of initially like was like, haha. But then when he saw Brett's reaction and realized like this isn't good, he was like, not okay. Honestly, that to me was so fucked up. It like, was. My, that was like Micah being like, she was like, I still have the power in this. It like, I a, said no to you. Like, you failed. She was peeing on him. She's marking her territory. She's like, FYI, the only reason this yeah, isn't you happening to me is because first. I, yeah, I said no. And oh my God. Kwame walks away and Irina goes, oh, he's salty. Yeah, bitch, he is salty. Like, that was a really awful thing for Micah to say. Like, that's a horrible thing to make light of. Absolutely it was. And just like, not the time or space. And then when... I or then excuse me when Micah goes to talk to Kwame she's not even really sorry she somehow no. like charms her way out of it she absolutely does and one of the things that makes me so mad about her is she's just like oh you need to take it down a notch and it's like oh so you get to shit stir all you want and then if anybody's upset about it they're the ones who need to calm down because it was just a joke like that is passive aggressive a, to a T I it was a miscommunication that. on his, his part. part a miscommunication really it seemed pretty clear Micah, well, and then for her <laughs> to just like sit there and like be touchy feely and tell him that she really loved him and that it just was like, she's like, it could have just as easily been you. And like at one point they're like touching yes. hands and like being really handy. And like, honestly, that is worse than like. Irina flirting with Paul. Yeah, because, because like it's Kwame. actually like intimate. Like they're, they're sitting, she scoots really close to Kwame. 
But also Kwame and Micah built an entire emotional connection. Absolutely they did. And then we were, and then it's so obvious that Micah knows how hot Kwame is. So like little disingenuous there, Micah, to like give Irina shit for that. When you're clearly all over Kwame because he is a good looking man. Micah loves having the power. She loves being wanted. She loves the chase. Yeah, she just does not. So even though, I don't even know if she wants to be with Kwame, but she wants Kwame to still want her. Yeah, she she's that person who loves the idea of being loved. Like she wants to feel that about like that. Yeah, that she's wanted. And Chelsea's watching all of this and talking to Jackie and Tiffany about it, and they're trying to give her some like it's fine. And then she's like, "Yeah, but look over there." And we look over there, and Micah <laughs> and Kwame are basically like in each other's laps. They're like stroking each other's hands. hands. Ooh, <laughs> so gross. Yeah, I really, really did not like that. That that bothered me. And it was sucky for Chelsea to kind of witness that, I think. And she just got up and walked away. And Kwame had no idea. He was just sitting there laughing, having this really intimate, fun conversation with... with did you notice... Sorry, oh, with no. Micah. Um, did you notice that something that makes me the most uncomfortable at Kwame and Chelsea's relationship is that Kwame is such a different version of himself with Micah than he is with Chelsea. Right. I also noticed that. I think it's in part because he knows Chelsea had no one else. And so to me, it reads a lot like he's just, he's good with it. He knows Chelsea doesn't have anywhere else to go, nobody else to turn to. So he's got a little bit more of the power in that sense. I, I'm getting, yeah, And then he's a lot warmer. Like there was a point where he had an opportunity to like say something nice about Chelsea, but then ended up saying something nice about Micah to Micah. And it was just like, ew, this is not. I (laughs) really, really have like some side eye and Kwame pretty hard. Yeah, just his body language and his energy. I feel like there's something about the way he communicates with Chelsea that comes across very forced and ingenuine. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't it doesn't read as real. Whereas with Micah, he does seem to have like his guard down a little bit more and is willing to like laugh and be like a lot more reassuring to Micah than he ever is to Chelsea. Right. Like, man, I have not heard him talk to Chelsea the way that he's talking to Micah. Even when they go back and have that conversation with when he goes and talks with Chelsea about it, he's just like, Well, I got some closure. Yeah, and she's like, uh, th- you need to drop this. Like, no, you don't need closure. I am your closure. Yeah, that was not a relationship that was meant for you. But he does not seem, he's, he's I mean, too red into. red flag, red flag, red flag, Chelsea. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to fit this in. I really hate how Jackie was talking to Chelsea about all of it. And then episode five opens up with Jackie telling Micah that Chelsea was upset. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, Jackie? Knock it off. Stirring you do the not pot. Ew. Yeah, was not a fan of that. Um I don't know. Kwame and Kwame and Micah. I'm a little worried about Chelsea because she seems like first of all, I am team Chelsea. I like Chelsea a lot, but she seems a little bit like she wants it too much. She's a little overly earnest. She she's too dedicated and I mean, she called Kwame out on his shit, so I'm not saying she's spineless and she doesn't, she isn't capable of reading the room, but I feel like she's almost allowing what she wants to trump what is in front of her. 
I definitely think we see that too. Um, sorry, I'm just looking through my notes really quick. But um, <laughs> don't they, in episode six, they see Kwame's apartment? Um, no, that hasn't happened yet. Okay, my bad. I'm one episode ahead. So the last thing that happened with Kwame and Chelsea is they met um, Chelsea's dad. That's right. And that went really well. It was really cute. I felt like the conversation before the dad came over, though, was really intense and kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. Kwame being like, if we are calm, he'll be calm. And I'm like, that's how dogs work, not people. Also, Chelsea knows her dad better than you. So if she's feeling a little bit like apprehensive, like don't minimize her stress. I kind of feel like this is what Kwame does at every turn. He downplays Chelsea's feelings yes. kind of about everything in a way that feels... But I, what I was going with that is like, I agree with you. I think that Chelsea's kind of ignoring some red flags because she's feeling like the old spinster that just needs to get on this or else she's not going to have an opportunity. And that Kwame is good enough, but she just sort of, it does seem like she's letting things slide that she probably shouldn't for the sake of like, she knows she really wants to be married. She knows she really wants kids. Right. And that makes me sad because like. <sighs> there was a part that made me sad too where um, they go to visit her apartment and he's. Oh, it's her of, apartment that we see. That's yeah, right. He's kind of turned off at all the pink. And she tells him, you know, in my previous relationship, my part, you know, we lived together and my partner was really controlling about how we decorated the space. And I felt like I didn't have any identity in that space and so now like I try to really show off who I am in my decor because that's something I wasn't able to do in my previous relationship yeah and I feel like Kwame was like really turned off by all of the pink instead of just like actually hearing her and understanding her it was like yeah but there's this is still too much pink yeah she had an extreme reaction sure but there was a very good reason why so just like yeah. let it slide and she was by no means indicating that the pink had to stay she is a little bit of a crazy pink lady. Yeah, totally. But also, so am I, because I like have colored my hair pink pretty much every summer. And then I realize as I'm getting dressed, like, oh, shit, I'm like head to toe pink. <laughs> and it's fine. So like crazy pink ladies unite. But also your house isn't all pink. You know, if if her and Kwame were to hypothetically get married and build a house together, I don't think that she would have it be wall to wall pink. I'm sure she wants Kwame to, you know, figure out how their decor styles coexist and represent them as a couple. Um, Absolutely. And she does like, yeah, I don't see her having issues with that. And in fact, she's really in tune with Kwame too. Yeah. It does feel like she's trying to get to know him and like get a sense of things. And it doesn't always feel like he's giving her I that like he same. Has walls up for sure. Oh yeah. That he's sort of just like deciding if he's okay with Chelsea still. And I mean, that's kind of fair. That's part of the process. But part of what makes that so icky feeling is we see how he is with Micah. Yeah, and you can tell that Ch Chelsea is in 100% with him. And I feel like he's in, he's like one foot but in, I, one foot out. Yes. One foot with Chelsea, one foot still with Micah. <laughs> yeah, I, ew, I'm not okay with that. I That makes me sad. So Chelsea and, and Kwame, I'm feeling less good about. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like they mesh very well. Yeah, I don't either. Even though they had that little like ceremony where they tried to get on the same page and it feels like they did. I still question like, is that, I don't know how she, and like all of this, how is she going to feel watching that back? I just, 
Kwame just comes off kind of performative. Like, I can't tell what's real and what's not with him right now. There's something about, like, he he acts like he's all in on Chelsea, but then just with the contrast of his interactions with Mike, it's like, we know you're not. I think if you want, this might be a good time to share what you heard on the Vile Files about Kwame and, like, maybe why we're kind of, like, I think... I mean, okay, I will admit that I listened to a podcast that kind of ruined some of the, the, the Kwame stuff for me, but I don't even actually remember very much what was said. It was just that, like, Kwame obviously isn't into Chelsea. I did find out that he was on 90 Day Fiance. I think he auditioned for it. Oh, okay. But the weird thing is, is he auditioned for it. So I found this out, too. In Washington, D.C. Oh, weird. So, like, what is Kwame doing? Also, and, does he live in Portland and not Seattle? Yeah. So, like, why are so you going... he just wants to be on TV. TV. That's kind of how this is reading to me. And... Manny and I talked about this, like we had found that out about the 90 day fiance thing and we kind of just like let it go form your own opinions. But then kind of watching this, it's like, and then finding out that it that audition was in Washington, D.C., that he lives in Portland, but went on this show for the Seattle area. It's like what, it does kind of call into question like what Kwame's doing. And I think like that alone, maybe not, but then you couple that with the way that he's behaving with yes. Micah. And the way that he's being so standoffish with Chelsea, it just is reading really insincere. Like that he's just here to be on television and is kind of doing this to hang on. I'm glad you brought that up. I do think I would feel, I, I do think that I would still see that even if I didn't know the 90 Day Fiance thing, but it definitely doesn't help. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I would absolutely feel that. Because I, before, when we finished episodes three, I was like team Kwame Chelsea. Oh, I'm yeah. like, In the hell pot. yeah, this feels like this is, they've got some cute chemistry. They feel like this could be a good thing. And as I'm watching this unfold, I just feel very protective over Chelsea and feel like this is this is potentially going to end really bad for her. And I hate that. I also really liked Kwame in the pods. Me too. Like I definitely thought that, Minus the like really fast bounce back. Yeah. Besides that. But like when I'm when he was developing relationships and we were getting to know him, I really liked Kwame. So I just didn't expect to be here with Kwame and Chelsea, but yeah, here we are. It's kind of disappointing. Um let's talk about Jackie and Marshall. Unless there's anything else. No, I don't think I've got anything else. Jackie and Marshall. Whew. I'm nervous for my girl. <laughs> I feel like that relationship is going to explode. Oh, me too. It seems, and and I get the sense from Jackie that she is used to men. And I, I don't, I want to be careful with gendering certain behavior traits, but like that toxic masculinity, oh, like yeah. that real macho-ness that, and that Marshall is just so the opposite of that. And she sort of already feels like she's imploding a little bit, second guessing it. Like when they're when she's crying, and kind of moving around the the villa in Mexico. She just, I don't know. I know that energy. I know that anxious energy of like you're not good with what's going on. Oh yeah. And you're gonna try and make it about something else. And but like maybe not. her family is not supportive or they need her and they're upset with her. We don't know the it's circumstances. It's probably a combination of all of it. 
Yeah, because I feel like if you had a really solid relationship with somebody, you could take comfort in them and be like, because Marshall's like, we're going to face this together. We're doing this. And she's just like, "Mm, the fuck we are. But then they kind of get it together. And the next day, she's like being kind of like that baby talk in the pool. And I'm hungry. And like splashing around and like calling him her dumbass like really affectionately and being just her it just she just feels like one extreme to the me, other she causes me a little bit anxiety <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, uh, just because she's a little bit all over the place and marshall is so calm and grounded which i think balances her out really well i think so too and like Again, Marshall is so confident with himself in some ways. Isn't he only like 26? Yeah. I'm sorry, but like how the fuck is this grown-ass man only 26? Oh, so a little tidbit too. He is Justin's cousin. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Which is how he got on, like probably got his connection. What a great-looking family. Dude, I know. Nobody's ugly. <laughs> okay. Well, and yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I know things could change, but as of right now, I am a huge Marshall fan. For me, Marshall's like winning the show. (laughs) Even though you can't win the show, just what I see of Marshall, I'm like, sign me up, Team Marshall. I Yeah, I I really like Marshall, and I feel like he's got a lot of confidence. I do, it makes me just like a little nervous, though, that he was like making breakfast for Jackie, like full-on like homemade compote, pancakes. Why does that make you nervous? That's too much. Are you going to keep that up? Like, I just also worry that he might be going like it. It feels like a little bit of an overcompensation. Yeah, I definitely think it's like, oh, we're creating a house together and I'm going to do this thing for you. And it definitely I I totally agree. That's not going to happen every morning for forever. But it's also. I just hope I, I think you're right. I think Jackie is probably in relationships with more like toxic, toxic masculine guys who aren't very thoughtful, who have more traditional roles in in their relationships. Um, I think she carries a lot of her family's weight, whatever that is. I think it's she's made it at least somewhat clear that that's a really big deal to her in her life. So I think having someone that like does something nice for her, she's not used to it. She's not used to someone like going out of their way and doing something thoughtful for her. And it'll be interesting to see how she navigates that in this relationship. Well, because she said at the beginning of episode four when they're out like at the bar in Mexico saying that she hopes she doesn't start to push him away. Yeah. And I can absolutely see that happening because that can also be an indicator of like you don't know how to receive love like Marshall is offering because that's not the kind of love you're used to getting. But I, I mean, it would be so good for her to like lean into it and learn how to accept it than to push it away. Yeah. Because because I think that even if it's not Marshall, someone who is similar to Marshall in personality um, is probably ultimately the best type of partner for her because she is, she's a lot. Like you said, she's highs, she's lows, she's emotional, she's everywhere. And that's like, none of that is necessarily bad. But if you are also with someone who is highs and lows and everywhere emotionally. You're going to have a very volatile relationship. Exactly. And I think that's what she's used to. Yeah. I will say Solomon has been really good for me in that sense of like he balances me out because I can just go from extreme highs to extreme lows. And his emotions are pretty much like 
pretty steady unless something like actually drastic happens. And like, thank God for that. Because if we were both freaking out the way that I did, or like we would be broke if we both had like the extreme highs of like feeling good about things because, you know, I will just ride my emotions till I die. And Saul can like really just look at things kind of longer term. And that is good. And it's nice to have somebody that not only does that, but is so kind hearted and loving and just like accepting that like, yeah, I am who I am. And it feels really good to be loved by somebody like that rather than toxic masculinity of like, I don't know. Also willing, also someone who's willing to call you out on your shit. I, yeah, so Marshall's. I, I feel that like Joe, Joe is so patient and calm and I like Jess, I'm a little bit everywhere emotionally. And so I am, I am talking about Jackie and Marshall's relationship kind of coming from my own perspective and knowing the value of that balance. Um, So it's not really a judgmental thing. It's just like, dude, we need people who kind of counteract us in a natural way in maybe not in everything. I don't always believe the opposites attract, but in some key ways, it's really important. Absolutely. And like, also pick the nice guys. Pick the yes. consistent guys. Do not pick the pick, guys that make you pancakes. <laughs> yeah, pick the guys who make you pancakes. Pick the guys who are who are not drama, who are not high stakes, who who are kind and attentive and listen. Like pick those men. Stop picking the macho tattooed up to their neck. Not that they can't be that, but like don't go for the guys who push you away and are rough and tumble. Go for the nice guy. Truly, you will not be sad about that. I do think that some people get addicted to the highs and lows of relationships. Right. Like they want the fights. They want the drama. They want the, um, you know, oh, well, I'm not talking to him, so I have the power. I do think that at least and especially in your 20s, you just think that that's what a healthy relationship is because you associate that high and low with passion. I was going to say passion. Yep. And And it's not passion. It's stupid. And it's not healthy. No, it's just volatile emotion. I And like passion can be fun, but those aren't the people you want to date long term. Like get it out of your system. Because guess what? A lot of times that passion is stemming from like extreme dysfunction, lack of communication, emotional and mental abuse. (laughs) And that passion will absolutely fade. That will not last. But all those things that Mandy just listed, those will last. Yep. (laughs) I know. So I'm hopeful because like it does seem like Jackie and Marshall, like he is so into her. And just like I hope that she can find a way to continue to be so into him. I think that would be just really, really, really good for her. (sighs) I know. I I want Jackie to accept the love that she deserves. So hopefully... Whether it's with Marshall or not, she finds that. Yeah. Speaking of really good love. Brett and Tiffany. Brett and Tiffany, man. Like I instantly I'm smiling and I just am like so giddy for them. Like I cannot. Like I love Tiffany and I love that she's older. She's 36 and she just was like, she's doing her thing. She doesn't need a relationship. She's not going to settle. And she finds Brett who is just the bee's knees. Oh, my goodness. Come on. Like, I... Damn. Oh, except for one minor, like, pink flag. Brett, that swimsuit. Yeah, the old lady swimsuit. When he said he had a swimsuit for her, because he's a a designer for Nike, I was like, well, maybe she's going to get, like, some really cool, like, funky Nike one-piece or two. And then it's, it's a floral swimsuit that my mom would wear. The only explanation I have for it is that maybe he was afraid that of 
that if he gave her something too sexy, she would be offended by it. Oh, for sure. But I'm like, my dude, if you are a shoe designer, you have good ass taste. He and does have good taste. Look at his hair and the way he dresses. No. So what the fuck was up with that swimsuit? Yeah. She is not in her 50s. I know. That was that was bad. I, I, I'm not sure where Brett was at with that. But when he meets her friends. Okay, her friends go so hard for her. Oh my god. They love they her. They love her. Oh, it was so I loved seeing how happy she was in that moment. Me too. The, and her friends were genuinely happy for her. And also like find yourself girlfriends like Tiffany has. Yeah. Like that was really And I think that also having good friendships can mitigate the need for a relationship to be like everything. Yes. Let your girlfriends fill holes in your heart or not holes, but you know what I mean? Like let them fill pieces in for you. And like that doesn't all have to be on your partner. Yeah, you don't always have to be with a significant other to feel that type of love. Yeah, I'm all for really good friend love. Like that made me so happy for her. Um, I did think one part that made me laugh was when, so I guess Tiffany's an extreme clean freak. (laughs) <laughs> and she was talking about how he left water on the floor after he took a shower. Oh, yeah. And she was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. So I do think that they're going to have to find some middle ground there because I think that's, you know, that can some those extremes can sometimes cause issues. <laughs> they can. But also as somebody who has had this issue, that is something you can work on. Yeah. Um, like it may not be all the time that Brett's going to get that right, but Brett can make more of an effort and Tiffany can also let it go sometimes. Exactly. They're just going to have to find a balance. Yeah. A little bit of a compromise. Yeah. Saul has this problem where he'll shower like two minutes before somebody's supposed to come over and then the whole bathroom's kind of just like wet and moist. I'm like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) can you not? And I recognize that I need to let it go sometimes. And, you know, he's gotten better at it. And you just, (laughs) I really related hard to the water thing in the bathroom. I am the water in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. So, but no, I think it's all about give and take, right? Like there are certain things that Joe really cares about and I've realized that Joe really cares about them. And so I try to step up and do them. But also I think Joe's had to like lower his expectations because I just don't care as much as he does. It totally is. And it does. That's exactly how that has to work. You know, you can't have these absurdly high expectations of your partner who's just not that person. And it's also good to recognize that you as that person, like that's something important to your partner. So you try and do better. Like, yeah. and that's all anybody can ask for is that effort is made on both ends. Like that is that. And I, I don't know. I don't normally get so invested in couples, but like, I don't, if Brett and Tiffany don't make it, dude, I'm dead. Like, I don't think, yeah. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. They seem like they are so into each other and that this is so good for both of them. And like, I just can't reiterate how awesome it is for Tiffany to have found a catch like Brett. Oh, my gosh. Or or vice versa. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. Because he, like, what he was saying, at one point, he hadn't had, the longest relationship he had had was two years, but he's never really found somebody. And just the way that he looks at Tiffany, like, yeah, she is perfect for him. I know. I And she listens to him and, like, in the pods making him feel so validated and heard they together are just incredible. I love them both and I love them both for each other. I hope they go the distance. Ugh. Do it for us Please. and for yourselves. Yes. And like how cool to have like a really fantastic black love story that is like not, they're not trying to make it out to be something 
worse or that it's not. We're just getting to see two people very much in love doing their thing. Yeah. I'm I'm rooting for them. Um really quick though, kind of on that note, when they get together in the evening at one point, it's um who is it? Brett, Kwame, and Marshall are all talking. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out that like Marshall at one point kind of stepped back and acknowledged like how cool it was that three black men were sitting there having a conversation about yeah. emotions and being vulnerable. That and gave me chills. It did me I was, too. I was really glad that he recognized that and vocalized it. And I think that is one of the more powerful things that we can get from reality TV as much as people want to shit on it and tell you that it's garbage. Where else are you going to see conversations like that happen or give people the space to have those conversations? Big Brother last summer also had some really hard-hitting conversations between black men that were really eye-opening and just acknowledging like where they're at and things and how white supremacy really does make it hard for them to be emotional, to be open about, you know, their 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 emotions, their feelings, what's going on, to be just more, I guess, vulnerable or less guarded on things and so and you know some of the reasons why like I don't know I really love that and I thought that was such a cool moment that bears like if you missed it go back and just kind of witness something incredible yeah I recognize that too and I'm glad that you called that out yeah um so that was really that was a that was a high point for me in this show um anything else on Brett and Tiffany uh no I think I just want to Package them up and ship and send them off. Yeah, come on. Let's just do this. I want this wedding. I want I want whatever they want for themselves. I'm excited to see it unfold. They're the couple that I feel the less stress about. They come on the show and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I definitely. I can like, my heart rate can go down. I can just enjoy it. I can it. check my phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not worried about you guys. Yeah. Um. Anything else about these few episodes you want to touch on? No, I think we can do our drama rating. Yeah. Woo. You first. I I think I'm going to give it a six again. Maybe even a seven. It's kind of like a 6.5 for me. Like I think the Micah Kwame thing. I think the Irina Paul thing. I think the Micah Irina thing. Like there's just kind of a, a Zach and Irina. I think I'm giving <laughs> it a seven. It feels a little bit more loaded. And I gave the last time I gave it a six. Yeah, that's fair. I can bump mine up to it a seven. It seems like things have gotten even messier. Yeah, because now that everybody's met and is kind of understanding that they still have attractions or new attractions to people, it's, it is dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that I'm really enjoying this season. Like this is so far the most I've been invested in the show. And it might be in part because we're doing the podcast, but I do also feel like I would be invested in this if I wasn't. It'll be interesting to see what happens. So wait, do you know how many episodes there are? 13. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see how I enjoy it as the show progresses because I always I always enjoy it up to this point. Right. And then now that they're back in the city and navigating real life, this is usually where I jump off the wagon. Do you know <laughs> so, what it is about that that makes you – because I've been trying to like think through my brain of like what it is about that. And part of me is like, oh – Maybe I just get bored and like what I bitch about The Bachelor all the time, like not giving us enough content and showing us like these relationships. Here I am being like, moving along. Like I want to see more things going on. I don't care what their relationship looks like. I think there is something about 
Okay, I'm not sure. And I want to sit with this when I watch it and see if I'm right or not. But I think there is something about these couples being engaged that kind of creates this dysfunction in this scenario where they feel this obligation towards each other to try to like make things work. And it doesn't feel like a natural progression of a relationship. It's still that cringiness of just like, yes, there's so many enjoy red flags. It. Kind of like, I mean, and obviously there are exceptions to the rule like Brett and Tiffany, but like, <laughs> I just don't think that these couples are in an emotional place where they should be engaged to each other. And the fact that the wedding is like, I don't know, it's like a countdown. We're like 19 days away from the wedding right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, how the fuck is that possible? Because I don't think that, I just don't think that these people should be even contemplating marriage. I agree. I, at one point, I was just looking back through my notes, like I was getting kind of sick to my stomach at points, like recognizing like when Chelsea and Kwame were waiting for Chelsea's dad to get there and just sort of the tension of all of that might have been one of the first times that it's really hit me. Like, can you imagine one of your siblings or like cousins calling you and like telling you all this and suddenly you have to meet this person that they're going to marry and like what that would feel like for the families or like how that must go? Because it does really seem that kind of made it real for me where I was just like, Oof, I definitely could not do this. Like I could never... And that's also because I've been married. I know what divorce feels like. I just wouldn't. But also, I just like bringing your family into it, bringing your life into a, this relationship built this way does seem really like not a great idea. I wonder how many people actually don't give their parents and family a heads up of what this process is. Because it seems like Chelsea didn't really tell her dad. And then she explains what happens and that they're engaged. I'm like, if I was going on this show, I would be like, mom and dad, I'm going on this show. If everything goes well and I come off the show, I'm going to be engaged to whoever I'm with. Like, I would definitely give a heads up because I don't want to just, <laughs> you know, right before they meet this hypothetical person, be like, oh, by the way, so this show that I went on <laughs> is to get me engaged to someone that I've never met in person. Also, I'm engaged. And here he is. Like, that to me is way more terrifying than me, like, setting it up before I actually do it. Um, so that's kind of confusing to me. So I wonder how much of that is true or, you know. If, if they're just playing it up for the show. Yeah, that's hard to know. I uh, can't imagine, like I was thinking about this, if I had ever done something like this and asking my dad to meet somebody in this circumstance, I, he would not. Yeah, my dad would not be a team player. No, my dad would also probably be like really fucking pissed at me. And also like I just would be fearful for whoever it was that I would be introducing to my dad to oh, yeah. like, you know what? He might murder you. So we're just not <laughs> like, um, also I did not know this. There were other couples on the show that did not get to go to Mexico that got engaged. Oh, that's weird. And some of the drama around that, that I had picked up on, Basically, one of them decided that because they didn't get to follow through with all the other stuff, they weren't interested in remaining engaged. So they like got engaged. And then when they learned that they didn't get to go anywhere, they were just like, you know what? This is great, but I need to check out. I can't do this. And so kind of with that knowledge, it does make me wonder, like to your point, like are people doing this genuinely? Yeah. Or are they doing it just to ride it out to the end because it's exposure? And that's what I'm saying is I think that 
Brett and Tiffany have this unique connection where it doesn't feel like it's for the show. But the other couples, it feels like they're trying to make things work because they're on this show and a part of this experience. And I think as much as uh, we bash on The Bachelor for ending in an engagement, it's only ending in an engagement. And a lot of like 95%, probably more, 99% of the time, those people don't actually get married. Right. The stakes are actually like they can be engaged for a couple of years, whereas this show ends in an actual marriage where somebody says, I do or I don't. And that is that is an intense. Yeah, that seems just like so high stakes and kind of like it's not allowing these relationships to flourish because there's so much stress on the relationship. Right. That your whole relationship is built around your time on a TV show, not actual life. Yeah. So I guess that's maybe why I check out because it becomes too real. And I'm like, Ugh, this is a lot. Whereas, you know, when they're in the pods and they're in Mexico, you're still kind of a part of this like fantasy. Right. It's not real life yet. Their families, their friends, their their apartments covered in pink or, you know, whatever just aren't like in play yet. And so, yeah, that's actually really good insight. And I, I wonder if that has more to do with my response than just being annoyed that I'm seeing this stuff. Because, yeah, I kind of get your point. Like, part of it is, yeah, I don't necessarily want to watch the cringiness of, like, everybody trying to pretend that they're fine with all these red flags. Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't actually feel real. Yeah. That, I think that you just yeah. totally it's just like, summed it up. So why am I watching this? This is, yeah, it's also performative. That's really, really good insight, Mans. I like that. Well, this was really fun. Yeah. Do we want to do episode seven through nine next time? Yes. And I just want to throw this out there, but (laughs) Jess started watching Vanderpump Rules season one yesterday. Yeah, I did. And I'm rewatching it with her. Uh, I don't don't know what we're going to do, but I'm just bringing this up because eventually, if we're both rewatching and with all the Scandal stuff happening, it... There will be an episode in the future where we touch on some Vanderpump rules. And so I just want to put that out there because I'm getting so much. Uh, I, I'm i just so deep into Vanderpump rules right now that I'm like itching <laughs> to talk about it. But, you know, so when that happens, I hope that some of your guys are Vanderpump fans because I am so pumped. And if you aren't. I I had to break. I I'm paying. I got Peacock nine ninety nine a month for commercial free. Always worth getting it without commercials. Oh, I have commercials, damn. so it's oh. probably good you sprung for your own. <laughs> I have to sprint through so many episodes. Seasons are long. They're twenty two episodes, and there's ten seasons, nine. So like I like I don't have time for ads. That is a lot. It's so a lot of content. So much content. So I've got the ad-free Peacock app right now. Um, I'm gonna start plowing through them. If anybody would like to join us in that, you should definitely email us, slide into the DMs, whatever it is. Let us know, um, and maybe we can have like every other week a an, a bonus episode. Yeah, just like a Vanderpump check-in or something. Yeah. I'm going to do my damnedest to get through these episodes. I'm a little overwhelmed, but I'm also so invested and excited after one and a half episodes. It is messy, you guys. You can take your time. We'll get through it. It should be enjoyable. Um, Um, And I'm just gearing up for the reunion, which I've already heard so much talk about. And yeah. You guys, this is like reality television history, okay? Like the fact that the show has this much attention right now, like that doesn't happen a lot in reality television. No. Usually for juicy things like this. So here we are. Um, Yeah, we're here for it. 
So you'll probably be hearing more about that in the future. And Yeah, I'm just, I was too excited. I had to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for making it this far with us for chit-chatting and, you know. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. If you've, if you've got a take that we haven't covered or if you think our takes are hot or if you have a hot take. We'll talk about your take. We want to hear it because I think there's a lot of room and like the way that we interpret all of this is based on our own experiences and that's the lens with which we look at it. So if you've got a different perspective, we want to know. Yeah. And also I think um, any differing perspectives makes for more interesting conversation, right? Yeah, I love it when Mandy doesn't agree with me and she's like, mm, no. Because inevitably, <laughs> I'm like, versa. that's more information. I'm like, oh, yeah. And like, I, I love being able to take in new information and change my mind. I think that's a healthy place to be. So Yeah, or just talk through it and realize we can respect each other for each other's views. Because we're never going to agree on uh, Rachel and oh, Avon. No. Like forever. We are like just. <laughs> hard. Yeah. Hard stop. But also I get it. And that it doesn't really matter. It but doesn't. But it's so fun to know that like. That we have really different views. I think for me personally though. It's a good reminder to like. Especially when the stakes are low. To not be so married to my perception of things. And to be willing to accept. Because it is so important. Then when stakes are high. To remember that there are different views. And they're not necessarily wrong. So practicing that in low stakes things, yeah. very helpful. I mean, it does help that our podcast is about reality TV. You know, if we were talking about, you know, politics or religion or the ways of the world, then maybe it would be a little heavier. But. Oh, yeah. I have a lot harder time then. But it's still a good, it's a good thing to practice. So yeah, I totally. love it. And I'm always grateful for for the differing opinions. So if you've got them, share them. Mandy and I will always share ours. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP, Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who's listening, posting, and emailing us. We love it. Keep talking. Bye.